0: What's up internet? You're tuned in to episode 9 of the podcast. I'm your host Pete and Bessie joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelpar. Hey guys. On this week's show, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Pokémon Let's Go, the rumors of Skyward Sword coming to Nintendo Switch and our predictions for the Game Awards.
1: I sound even worse than normal. You know, I realize listening back when I record it, I sound so miserable sometimes when I say Hello. But this week, my God, I'm dying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, so if you guys uh, noticed, last week we did not have a show. We were sick. We're better now, kind of, but we're here. We're soldiering through. We're going to talk about Pokemon. Let's talk about Pokemon. So, Steve, you've beaten the game.
1: Yeah, well, I've done the Elite Four and then took on the fight, the champion and became the champion, so
0: and that's it? You haven't you haven't caught yourself a Mewtwo or no, any of that not, stuff yet?
1: Not yet, no. Uh on my way to catch a Mewtwo and then I'll I'm gonna try and get all of the Pokemon. Uh for the Pokedex. I think I've got like hundred and forty now, so not too many left to get. We gotta link up and trade version exclusives. Yeah, well the easiest way to do that is with Pokemon Go. You can just get them out of that without having to trade Oh yeah, trade I didn't think about else. that. So if you just go get, uh, I just got a Volpix, which then I evolved into Ninetales and things like that. So they're fairly easy to get if you've got them in Pokemon Go. You don't even need to have a friend with, um, with the o- opposite version. <laughs> now you don't even need friends. Um, <laughs> my only complaint about the Elite Four was it was just way too easy. Uh, you can in between each one you can change your team out you can heal them all yeah i didn't think about that that's that's lame because there's no builds pc now you could just go into your pokemon box and just swap out your pokemon so if you if you uh kind of get on you start with the ice one then you move on to like the the dark uh pokemon team you can just change them because it's fairly obvious what they're going to be once you get to them and you can make your team just completely obliterate them
2: they should have locked it, shouldn't they, when you got to that point? Like, oh, you can't access this here? Sorry.
1: Yeah, totally. It's it's really weird because when you get to the end, it's like, here's the... It, it like logs it into the Hall of Fame, the party that you beat the Elite Four with. But I changed my party throughout, and it's only the last one that is like... Oh, this is this is who you who you kind of won with. It's really strange. Should have just put it's, like
2: five weedles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny though, just because
0: like when we talked about it originally, like two weeks ago on the show, I, there was a couple things like that where you guys were like, "Oh, like this makes the game too easy." I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm just just don't do that," you know, like like I would never do that in the Elite Four.
1: Just pick your six and just go through. It's too tempting though. It's too tempting. <laughs> It is, yeah, and I I, I, I don't know. Was that I was just at a stage where I just want to get through this, and now I want to get myself a Mewtwo and just be done with it. I think it took me like 31 hours to get to that point. Whereabouts are you both? So I am,
0: I like just last night finished um, Sabrina's gym, but I already beat Koga, so I only have Blaine on Cinnabar Island and then uh, Giovanni in Varinian, and then I can go do the Elite Four. So I think probably one more setting... I'll be done, and I uh, I'm like I think twenty two hours on my clock. It's like twenty two twenty four 24, something like that. I know I haven't passed twenty five yet, but um, I imagine I'll be done with the game proper probably before I break that.
2: Yeah, I think I think I'm on just over sixteen hours now, and I've got the master ball. I just beat Giovanni at Sylph Tower, whatever it's called. Um, so I've only got three gym badges though, so I think I totally missed one somewhere.
1: Yeah, you did. You missed I think probably Fuchsia in that case. Well, if he only has three, he didn't even do Celadon yet. You're going to wipe the floor with those
0: gems, probably. (laughs) At this point. Are you suggesting I wouldn't have anyway? I mean, not to say that you wouldn't have, but I just mean like the level differentials. Like if you went and beat the Sylph Tower, like all the trainers there have like level forty Pokemon and <laughs> the Celadon City gym is like in the twenties, I think. <laughs> it's all right. I'll use my team of
2: Weedles.
1: <laughs> there you go. Did you pick up the cool um Rocket League outfit?
2: Yeah. Yes. I've been wearing that nonstop since. I love that. It's so, <laughs>
1: so
0: good. <laughs> I'm I'm still wearing uh, the suit that that woman gives you when you go into the Pokemon Tower and she's like, here, like you should dress respectfully. And I was just like, yeah, or I'll just be fly all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check
1: out my funeral suit. My Pikachu's in the suit with a little bow tie I bought and some um, fancy glasses that I bought as well. Yep. Yeah. My Eevee's rocking the same look. I really want to try and get that crown for 999,999. So if I want that, I'm going to have to grind like crazy and just battle every single trainer. There's a lot more um, trainers around once you finish the game. Like when you finish it, pretty much every NPC has like a little bubble above the head of the Pokemon that they're the master of. And you can challenge them with that Pokemon to become like the oddish master or the Pikachu master. I've always wanted
0: to be an oddish master. (laughs) Just didn't have the grades, you know? <laughs> uh, but, Steve, you also were participating in the Splatoon 2
1: Championships this past week, right? Not, not participating. I went to go <laughs> see them. <laughs> um, I'd, have got, I'd, I'd have got just completely obliterated if I participated in them. But, no, it was last weekend. It was the Splatoon 2 UK Championships. Where, it was at Birmingham at the MCM Comic Con which was really cool it was fun to it was over two days and the producer of splatoon 2 and animal crossing was there so it was fun to have him have him there and kind of present um the awards to the the winners which was really cool to see and he said it was the first championship he's been to so i kind of wonder what it was like for him to see people playing the game and like cheering everyone on and stuff like that It was probably quite a cool experience
2: i saw on twitter you got to meet him as well is that right
1: I did, yeah. I got to meet him, and I got his uh, assigned poster, which was really cool. So it was it was nice to meet him. This is this a Splatoon poster? Yeah, it's a Splatoon 2 poster with, like, he drew... On pretty much everyone's poster, he drew, like, a, an Inkling and an Octoling. But I, cool. I, I said, like, thanks for Animal Crossing to him, so he drew uh, an Inkling and a cat. So mine's nice. different to pretty much everyone else's, which is quite cool. That is really cool. It's really weird talking to someone through a translator, though. Like, you don't know where to look they're <laughs> so like talking to them and then like the translator is like like whispering to the guy and then he says and then like nogami would say something to you and then you like look at the translator it's sort of like do you just ignore the translator because he's the one that's talking to me but i really want to talk to nogami and i don't really want to talk to the tra- it's really strange it's never something i've done before it's really really weird
2: you didn't ask him about splitting three then
1: I didn't. But he's probably busy with Animal Crossing for the Switch. I probably That's should have asked him true. about that. Answer: You should have asked him about. Yeah, It'd be like, how <laughs> how brown will the game be? <laughs> <laughs> how brown will it be? And is it out in January? Please. No. When was it? We <laughs> we thought it was out? April. Q one was that? Yeah, Q one. Yeah. Q-1. yeah. <laughs> Where were you right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, that reminds me. I had an idea the other day. I, I really want to develop a show on YouTube that's just Steve reviewing games, and it's just called Is It Brown? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we need to make that happen. <laughs>
1: Most of them, yes. Most of them are too brown. Most games, too brown. I'm getting,
2: like, a little piece of software to analyze the color palette of the games.
0: <laughs> I think I think it would be so funny if you just, like, reviewed the entire game, like... And then at the end,
1: when you get to the, st- the scoring p- part, it's just, is it brown? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should add that to the reviews. Any review I do for looppots.com now is just going to be, just a criteria is, is it brown? And if it's brown, then it, you know, gets marked down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had to come up with,
1: like, the Stephen Radford color scale of excellence, <laughs> 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 if it's, if it's Green is number one, you know, lots of grass, <laughs> but brown right at the bottom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I meant to say this when we were talking about Pokemon, but um, Pixel, when you said the thing about Silph Co., I, I have to ask you guys this, because I remember thinking this as a kid, but like reevaluating this game as a 25 year old man, I can't get this out of my fucking head. So when you go to Silph there's at least one or two guys who whose Pokemon trainer class is juggler, mm-hmm. but they're clearly a member of yeah. Team Rocket. What is Team Rocket employing jugglers to take over <laughs> a major corporation for? <laughs> like, what is happening?
2: They're for distractions, you know. Check out this juggler. Nick is Pokemon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is quite strange. <laughs> the
0: juggler, like, show, he, like shows up, like he's like, oh, I was here for like the office Christmas party. Or whatever. <laughs> Oh, is he
1: juggling, does he juggle Pokeballs? Or he does. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, I feel like that makes sense as like a, a thing of like, oh, like that's like your Pokemon type because like you switch out Pokemon really frequently and you're like juggling the Pokeballs. Or, okay, cool. Like, I get it. But like, why, what use does a criminal organization have for you? And why specifically is the only one that we see working for them at this high profile crime? Like this guy's Kareem of the Crop.
2: The worst part is in Pokemon Let's Go, the little eye kind of thing comes up, and obviously it doesn't change depending on the juggler. And he's always juggling like four Pokeballs. Then you fight him, and he's got like two. He's got two Pokeballs. <laughs> it's like, what are you practicing? Catch two more Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god. So If you want to let us know what you thought are thinking about Pokemon Let's Go, if you're still playing it, it, remember you can get in touch with us by reaching out to us at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Visit us at lupots.com or hit us up at lupots on Twitter, just like a bunch of these fine folks did. We finally got reader mail, you guys. I've been asking for like (laughs) 10 some odd weeks. They answered my call.
2: I've been holding out on you. I've been stacking them up. (laughs) yeah
0: pixel has been hoarding these and not letting me see them not seeing my my fan mail but we got it now um i will say uh he some of you sent us essays which don't get me wrong we greatly appreciate but pixel has edited them down for your listening pleasure so uh (laughs) you know next time you want to send us your manuscript maybe just you know (laughs) give us the spark notes (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Of course. I'm very happy that you guys wrote in. Thank you so much. Uh, So this first one we've got is from Jonathan Jacobitz. Jacobitz?
1: Let me know if I got that one
0: right, John. I'm pretty close. All right. So he said, hey, guys, great podcast. I've enjoyed listening since week one. Thank you for being with us. My biggest hope for Pokemon 2019 is it will be a full-fledged JRPG game like the handheld versions and not some strange hybrid, and then it'll have classic gameplay built around discovery and exploration. They can add on whatever new gimmicks they want, just don't make them necessary or mandatory to use in order to play the game. Could not agree with you more, Jonathan. Uh, Especially on that note of classic gameplay built around discovery and exploration, that's my number one request for Pokemon 2019, for sure.
1: I mean that's under the presumption that you consider Pokemon itself as a classic full fledged JRPG, which many people kind of don't. It's a yeah, little Yeah, well a little bit <laughs> dumbed down JRPG, but yeah, it's, I, it's I, I kind of agree with RPG. the sentiment.
2: So next week we'll be reading out hate mail for uh, Steve Roy.
1: Everyone <gasps> hates me anyway. You know, after I said the after I said that Ocarina of Time I was too brown, no one likes me anyway. They're just like, Why the fuck is he on the podcast? <laughs> Get him off. <laughs> and then he told us he grew up with a Sega console in his household. Gross. <laughs> it wasn't just me that had the Sega. It was Pixel as well. I remember that conversation. But he
0: had, he had an NES, though. So it's Fair fine.
1: Enough. I did have a Game Boy. Like <laughs> r- Remember, that was really the like, staple. was like the Game Boy. That was my in to Nintendo. What that's color fine, was your fine. Game Boy? Uh, I, had a, I didn't have an original Game I had a Game Boy Pocket, which was see-through. And then I had a purple Game Boy color.
0: Nice. Wait, the solid one?
1: Yeah, like the solid the deep, purple one.
0: The deep purple?
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. And then I had the see-through Game Boy Advance. And, and, then I had a, and then I had a blue, shiny blue SP. I just loved the oh. Game Boy. I just kept giving them money. The only one I didn't have was the Micro.
0: Man, talk about talk about weird marketing decisions. The Game Boy Micro. God bless you, Nintendo.
1: <laughs> they did the same thing again,
0: though, with the 2DS XL. It's like literally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, of just like, hey, I know this is dead, but people will still buy it because it's <laughs> <Yeah>. cheap.
1: <laughs> I do like the little face plates, though; those are pretty cool. They were, yeah. The going back to Jonathan's email, what like, um, like I know they added a load of stuff in Sun and Moon that p- some people were sort of like not into in terms of Pokemon. Would you like to see any of that, because I know you're the only one out of the three of us that have really, has really yeah. played that. Would you like to see any of that return to the Pokemon 2019? Or would you want it to go back to the original gameplay from, like, the classic games gone by?
0: So, uh, neither in its entirety. <clears throat> I really think that, like, p- like, playing Let's Go has really made me realize, like, or not made me realize, it's reaffirmed my belief that there are a lot of lessons that can be learned from gen 1 and 2 in terms of pacing and um and exploration and like actually you know and a lot of people are disagreeing with me about this on the internet but like challenge right that like that asks more of you and that's really what i want from pokemon you know and um I think in terms of, like, the additional stuff that's been added over the years, I think there's a lot of additions that are good, you know? Like, I think uh, Let's Go has, like, kind of a stripped-down battle system. I I much prefer the battle system that they've built, you know, over the years in the modern games. Um, so that's something that, like, I think has only gotten better as time has gone on. And I think there are a lot of things that they've had over the years that I'd love to see them bring back. Like, I know I think on our last episode... I talked about my dream of an open-world Pokemon game and how you might progress. I think things like contests, which were really, you know, they were in Gen 3, and a lot of people really liked them. I'd love to see something like that come back, you know? It's more stuff that they've stripped away that I'd like to see come back rather than, like, you know, like new gimmicks and stuff like that, because... For the most part they don't put that much kind of stuff in the game you know like one thing from sun and moon i would love to see go away is the horde battles like or at least manage how they're handled because there was a a mechanic in sun and moon where you'd get encountered by like a horde of pokemon or like pokemon could cry out for help and like call other ones and you'd get in this endless loop of like well i only want to catch one of these pokemon but you need there to only be one pokemon on screen before you can do that and more just keep coming and like you can't run away and it's like it just became this like very like time consuming mess which could be cool in the post game if you're trying to hunt for shinies or whatever when you're trying to just beat the game very frustrating
2: i was going to say the only time i saw that i saw it on a youtube video and it was somebody using it to grind for shinies which Seems... is
0: great yeah but it, it it's other than that it was a huge pain in the ass so <laughs> it's really just like i want to see them take the same ethos they had here honestly and let's go where it's like i just want quality of life changes you know like i want quality of life changes that don't break the flow of the game you know like i like the advent of like the having the pc in your pocket but i think like limiting when you can use it would be smart
2: cell towers they could put cell towers in and when you're out of range you can't use it
0: i i think that would be cool you know, And, like, if that was the thing that you were aware of where it's like, oh, you're going out into the deep wilderness, you're not going to be able to change your Pokemon or, or call anybody or do any of those things. Like, I think that kind of stuff is the kind of innovation I'm really looking for at this point because, like, I don't think that we need to reinvent the wheel with Pokemon. I think we really just need to – I know I've said this before, but bear with me. Like, Breath of the Wild, like, we need – uh, a return to form, you know, like a back to basics. But that doesn't mean you need to strip away all the bells and whistles. I think it's just that, like, the games themselves, the way that they progress and the way that you move forward has gotten way too far away from just playing the game. Like, Sun and Moon, if you guys played it, you would – I'm sure you'd agree with me on, like, there's just an absurd amount of hand-holding. You know, it's like whenever you're in a new city, like, there's all these cutscenes, right? So it's like every, like – it's like, go here, go here, go here. And you have somebody, like, leading you by the nose. And, like, I don't want that at all. Like, again, uh, like Jonathan said in his email, discovery, exploration, that's what I want, you know? I want that feeling of, like, I wonder what Pokemon are here, and let me go there. And if I'm not strong enough to get there, well, I got to pin it on my map and get there eventually. I I got to catch them all, you know? Like, that's really what I'm looking for.
1: And that's what I think you're right, that Breath of the Wild did well, is that it wasn't linear. It wasn't, you have to do... This dungeon, and then this dungeon, and then this dungeon. Sort of like, you have to do this gym, and then this gym, and then this gym. It's a single path around Pokemon. Let's go, realistically, that you have to go. You can skip a gym to go to the next one, do the next one, and then kind of come back. But there's no real, I can just do it in any order I want. I'd like to see that in in the next Pokemon. And I think Breath of the Wild does a good job of kind of trying to steer you to the right direction. It takes you to uh, the village, and then kind of says, oh, maybe you should go and see... Um, go to the uh, thingies domain i can't remember what it is what they're. Zora's domain. zora's domain it kind of kind of recommends you go in that direction i kind of ignored that and just went wherever i wanted and was just like oh what's over there i kind of want to explore i want to find this shrine and i, I want to level up and do all sorts of different cool things so i'd like to see them maybe kind of do that it kind of nudges you in the direction but doesn't say you have to go here and they sort of did it in Let's Go. Misty shows up and she's just like, oh, I can show you where to go next. You know, mm-hmm. you could go to Diglett's Cave and she she takes you off, but you can tell her, no, I'm not interested and go off and do your own thing and then come back to her later if you want or just go to Diglett's Cave yourself if you know that that's where you're going to
0: go. Well, the interesting thing is too, if you look at the original Pokemon game, it's actually the only one that you can compete or uh, complete in a non-linear fashion um, because, and not totally, but once you beat the third gym, You're kind of open to do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to go do Celadon City right away and the gym to progress. And you can progress the story for a long time, like Pixel has, right? Like, he's got three badges, and, like, he's already through the sylph stuff. You know, like, at this point, he could go do Blaine's gym first if he wanted, you know, before he does Celadon City. And, like, that level of being able to just, like, well, at this point, you're kind of free to explore the world and do stuff – how you want to do it like you have to do the same stuff but how you do it and what order you choose and all that stuff is kind of up to you like that's something i would really like because it makes the world feel more real you know like not less of just like well this is the path that all trainers go on and it's like why
2: (laughs) how would you feel if they did something in the new one where it's um kind of you can go wherever you want but they give you like a quest system where it's side quests that are optional but they could use that to guide you in specific paths
0: yeah that's all i want man like i i think i mentioned this in like my dream uh pitch is like i want to see like a like a pokemon boys and girl scouts kind of situation where Mm. it's like like yeah like the gyms and the elite four whatever are part of it but there are all these other things that you can do that just allow you to explore the world of pokemon and like just do regular quest stuff you know like oh yeah like There's a really, really dangerous Pokemon up in this mountain that keeps eating all our garbage or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'll go take care of it. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, I don't feel like it needs to, like, Pokemon needs to get away from its formula in the same way that Zelda really desperately needed to get away from its formula. You know, like we've been chasing the same thing since Red and Blue. And I think, like, we don't need to
1: there's a very westernized approach to do, have like a a mainline quest and then side quests and breath of the Wild added that in to some extent you would get side quests that you could pick up along the way yeah uh, and and i think it works a, a lot of westernized games especially like bethesda games like skyrim there's you you can get so far in the main quest but then you have to go off and do side quests in order to level up and gain experience and um gain you know better armor and loot and things like that before you can progress on i think if you if they did something like that maybe in pokemon like maybe you needed to get um maybe you needed to go get something like the poker flute which isn't on the main line quest but in order to get to the next section you need to be able to kind of wake up uh snorlax in order to move move on i think stuff like that would work well
2: so talking about shaking up the formula a bit i think the next reader mail would be a good one a good way of shaking up a bit more
0: yeah this one uh comes from i, I want to say this is zayed ida
2: zayed i think
0: zayed ida zayed let us know so if you got it right if we got it right and uh, if not, give me the phonetic spelling. I'll get it right next time. <laughs> uh, so Zaid writes in and says, hello, podcast crew. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, and he has cleared uh, a time slot so he's able to listen to the podcast every week, which that's awesome, man. Huge appreci- uh, I'm hugely appreciative of that, excuse me. Uh, and he's got a little prediction for us on what is going to happen with uh, Pokemon 2019. There will be a completely new narrative. Instead of starting off as a young trainer, you'll start off as an already experienced trainer. This character could be trying to become the new like the Pokémon League champion uh, or has to perform some some tasks before he and he or she can claim his or her mantle. So I thought that was that's a pretty interesting idea.
1: I quite like the idea of you're an experienced trainer, but maybe you've lost your Pokemon, or you've you like you were a trainer years ago, and then you're coming back to it. And I don't know, I quite like that concept, and that maybe you you were maybe the championship years ago, and you've been overtaken, and you're trying to get gain that title back.
2: Play as red, but you've fallen into an alcoholic kind of
1: state, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, <laughs> too too many raspberries, and you just got addicted. <laughs>
0: Cut to red, like at a bar, and he's just like his his teeth are stained with raspberry wine, and he's just like it's just him and Pikachu, and they're both just like old and out of shape, and
2: he slowly pushes Pikachu across the table, and then you see the poker game around him, and he just hangs his head in shame as he loses it all.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe, it's a bit pro- dark. maybe Professor Oak walks in and just picks him up off the floor.
0: It's like you were supposed to finish the pokédex red he was supposed to be the number 1
2: I pawned it I pawned it I'm sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Oh my god and then there's like a rocky style like montage of him like shaving and like running up a bunch of stairs and like getting getting his life back together Yeah this sounds like a great game <laughs> <Yep>. So <Sold. laughs>
1: I t- I tell you what though that could it could work if it you were an experienced trainer from like the kanto region and then maybe you went to the Johto region, and you, you were like the championship of the previous region, but now you're going into the, the new region. And everyone knows you. as like, oh, you're that kid from, from Kanto, and now you're coming into this region to take on and pick up new Pokemon to take on the, the trainers and the gyms and the people in the area.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to that idea. I think um, there's, like, room to explore the narrative of Pokemon in a different way, if you take that tact. Like if uh if you guys remember there was those games on the GameCube, Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon uh Gale of or maybe it wasn't Coliseum. Either way, X D like Gale of Darkness or whatever, and it was like a game where you played as like a former Team Rocket member or whatever and like it had its own little narrative like that. And I think something like that could work. I don't know that they'll do that though, honestly. Cause I as much as I like the idea, uh Zaid, I think there's a good chance that, like, they're going to want to maintain that kind of, like, classical approach to video game protagonists where you're just a blank-faced nobody so that you can project yourself onto the character. And I think, especially considering that Pokemon is generally geared towards kids, they're going to want to keep it that you play as a kid so that You know, kids coming in can be like, oh, even I could be a Pokemon master, you know, like Mm because that I I know as a kid, that was a huge part of the appeal in my mind of like, oh, I could do this. Like I've studied and I know all about Pokemon. If Pokemon were real, I'd be just as good as anybody,
1: you know, I think you can I think you can do that, though, and have it as a kid while still making it feel a little bit more mature, like like a teenager. Yeah, like persona, like persona games. You're always that's a high point. school student, and you, the, like, the protagonist is just called hero. Steve, and- shut up for a second. We got to make a game that's just
0: persona with po- like you just go to high school and there's like <laughs> relationship meters and all that stuff. That's the game. You just, you just, okay. You just came <laughs> up with it. It's done. We're done. This is the peak of what we've achieved on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
1: maybe, make it, maybe make it a little bit more family-friendly, though, like, you know, less child abuse at high school from the PE teacher no! people.
2: <laughs> Wait, what? I've never played this game, but it sounds Persona, terrible.
1: Persona 5, the first palace you take over is a PE teacher who was sort of having a relationship with a child at the school and was... Uh, hitting them and being really abusive to all of the pupils,
0: and like, 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 definitely, like, sexually exploiting like young women of being it, like, oh, yeah. well, if you wanna like be the best, you're gonna have to like sleep with me. And, and like, I remember I was like, Jesus Christ! I was like, this is heavy. Like <laughs> one of the first that scenes, is it's like
1: this PE teacher asking the girl to get in his car to drive to school and wants to give her a lift and things like that.
0: And she's like, no, and he like gets like really like weird and forceful about it, and mm-hmm. then like, l- and spoilers for Persona Five, which we're already doing. This is like the first twenty hours, so no big deal. Uh, <laughs> considering it's a hundred and thirty hour game or whatever. Um, a- then like a girl who's like implied to be having a relationship with him like throws herself off of a roof. I was just like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> <things> Jesus, have- <laughs> Pixel's looking it up right now. Yes, I am, <laughs> it's like, yeah.
2: He's like, where can I get this? I was this actually game? curious as to the age rating of the game.
1: <laughs> oh, it's M. <laughs>
2: okay. I think it was T, isn't it?
1: I thought it was T. I didn't think it was M.
0: Oh my god. What are you doing, Persona?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a 16 in the
1: UK. Yeah. Oh
0: my it's... god. Okay, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's teen. That's fucking wild.
1: Yeah, and then there's one as well where it's like you're, uh, there's like a kid who's living with, like, uh, an art teacher or something and they're stealing their artwork and passing it off as their own and stuff is basically all about adults abusing their position of power for children there's there's another story arc in there where like um kids work in like a strip club
0: and like your character is like 18 and you can like or 17 or whatever and you can like definitely have like relations with several of your teachers or, or at least one of them oh yeah like other, the mate <laughs> other like adults you know like other like adult w- like women
2: and this is a game you're uh pitching pokemon to be like
0: <laughs> well uh, maybe not some of those hey things. pikachu
2: <laughs> we need some cash get in the strip joint
0: <laughs> oh my god what do you think about that zaid does that match your vision <laughs> let us know uh No, thanks for writing in, though, man. And thank you so much for making a, a space for us in your week every week. We really appreciate it. Um And yeah, write in again. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so our last one here is from uh, Mr. Parker Deal, who wrote in and said, hey, guys, just got done listening to episode seven and wanted to take you up on the offer to email in. Well, thanks, Pixel. This has been sitting in an inbox for like two weeks. What are you doing? <laughs> <around>? <laughs> I was supposed to edit that bit out, damn it can you imagine like i i, I imagine like parker listened episode eight and i'm like nobody wrote her, and he's like what the fuck <laughs>
1: he's uh, probably thinking oh pete read out the wrong email address again like he does every single week yeah i put at the beginning
2: I that was
0: it corrected it, it. <laughs> uh, so sorry parker says i was still listening on the sign off pete it didn't go unappreciated thank you parker you just became my favorite re- listener of the show right now so he uh, he wanted to say that he is loving the show, uh, and he was entirely prepared to either love, uh, love, or he's he wrote love or love. I think, but he, I meant think he meant hate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, love or love. How much I hate Detective Pikachu. Okay, I thought I read that as like I was prepared to love or love Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, like, well that's yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, He said, I was prepared to love or love how much I hate Detective Pikachu when it comes out. But after seeing the trailer the second time, I am fully sold. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Detective Pikachu looks rock solid. (laughs) And he goes on to say, what a great time we live in. I remember my friend telling me he saw a real Caterpie in his backyard when I was seven. And I've wanted to see a real live Pokemon ever since. Well, you got your dream, Parker, with Detective Pikachu. So uh, we can all...
1: Rest easy now.
0: <laughs>
1: Speaking of Detective Pikachu, did you watch that film, Pete? I never got around to it. What Was it Which called film? The Voices? The Voices, something? yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: Pixel, I did. You I did watched watch it. it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was going to tell you about it last week, but we didn't do the show. I, me and my girlfriend <laughs> watched it, and it was so disturbing. Such a good film. <laughs> it was good. It was really funny, because I remember w- when it was over, uh, I looked over at her as kind of like, a, like, what would you think? And she was like, i don't know about that pixel bar <laughs> <laughs>
1: is it something i need to watch then i should go away and watch it
0: it's on it's on american netflix anyway i was just like scrolling and i was like oh shit it's that movie that he told me to watch we gotta put it on and it was it was a ride it's a ride
2: <laughs> i think you can uh you can buy it for two pounds off google play steven if it's not on anything else oh perfect
0: you will see ryan reynolds in an entirely new light and it was funny because i remember you said like watching that trailer that's all you could think of and i was just like oh man now all i can (laughs) think of is pikachu as like a murdering monster like the twist in detective pikachu is that like i was the murderer the whole time i killed your dad
2: (laughs) don't spoil the film man i just ruined the whole thing you've just leaked the uh, pokemon movie script
0: I've spoiled the end of Detective Pikachu. Sorry. Uh, so if you guys want to write in like any of these fine folks did, remember you can hit us up at Potscast at loopots That's P O T S C A S T at loopots Is that is that good enough for you, Steve? Did I did I read it right?
1: No, you missed the the. It's the podcast.
0: No, it's not. Don't confuse them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't worry i've got a filter set since last time you said it that just forwards it to the yes. right one
1: that's what i like to hear we get the catch-all no, in one of the missing episodes though like you ran out with some random gmail email address do you remember that one i do
0: remember that in the last I, I think it was before we even had the like actual email set up and i just was like yeah podcast at gmail.com you just, you just made one up All right, so uh, we've got a a pretty solid news list this week. Uh, Kicking things off, we've got the rumor of of Skyward Sword possibly coming to Nintendo Switch, despite Nintendo's objections. So what do you guys think about the veracity of this rumor, like, the fact that they did address it? Like, does that throw water on that fire for you guys, or do you think there's still a
2: possibility? I, I think it's happening. Nintendo, of course they're going to say it's not happening. They're not going to say, oh yeah, it's happening. We'll announce it in a few months because then they've ruined the announcement. Right? So yeah, I I think it is happening. It's logical if they need to kind of get a bit more time for the next Zelda game, a bit more development time, they're going to do a a HD remake. Wii games, they've already got a system to port them across. It's got motion control. The Switch has Joy-Cons that can be used for motion control. You know, it's not even a hard port in that sense. They'd have to remap the controls unless they really want to. And a lot of people didn't like the motion controls in the game, but I like them, so I think that it is coming.
1: Wasn't this the game that you had to buy the motion control plus for? Yes. It's, so I wonder if the Joy-Con is going to be accurate enough, though.
0: I think so because it's got the—I don't know—I the stuff that you've I've seen it do in like One Two Switch and like Mario, Super Mario Party. Like it seems like it has a really good idea of, like, what position it's in at any given time and, like, what direction you're turning it and all that kind of stuff. And, like, that was the whole thing of the Wii Motion Plus for that game was that you needed it so that when you slashed right or slashed left or whatever, like, it it registered it properly.
1: Yeah, just uh, going from, like, let's go and, like, I'm throwing the thing at the screen and it, like, goes off, like, six miles in the, the opposite <laughs> yeah. direction of where I've thrown, <laughs> if it's that accurate, then it's not going to be great. I
2: genuinely think that's just, I hate to say it, but I think Game Freak just didn't design their system to interpret the inputs very well. Okay. I'm i am just having a look now to see uh, what motion chip was actually in the Wiimote.
1: The Wiimote, I think, was just an accelerometer, and then they added a gyro into the Motion Plus, which is what the thing that you could stick on the bottom was, and then they brought out ones with it built in.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: But considering where this rumour came from, the fact that it was Ayanuma himself, apparently, at some concert, it kind of adds fuel to the fire, you know? He's the producer himself. Why would he say something like this and get fans riled up if there wasn't any kind of truth in in the rumour?
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a good point. And if anybody was going to know, it'd be him, right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I think with this one, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. I just—I'm not— I, It's hard to say, like, when I think it'll come out and all that kind of stuff, but I, I, I do think that there's probably some truth to this rumor, especially because, like, the way that Nintendo denied it, it wasn't even, like, a hard no. It was the PR way to say no, which was, we don't have any plans at this time, or we have nothing to announce at this time. And it's like, okay, so—
1: Was this one of the games that, um— Made it to the NVIDIA Shield in China. I don't think it was, but I know they brought some Wii games to the NVIDIA Shield over there, like uh, Super Mario Galaxy and things like that, which obviously used motion controls initially, but then the ports to the NVIDIA Shield I don't think did use motion controls.
0: See, I I don't actually know if it was Galaxy. I thought it was the Super Mario Bros. Wii, like the new Super Mario Bros. Wii that got ported to the Shield.
1: No, they definitely brought Galaxy. Okay. So they've got a way to potentially port these and emulate them. Even if they're not going to do a port, they could emulate the games like they're doing on the NVIDIA Shield, which is the same hardware. So potentially it could just be a, like Pixel saying, a simple click play button. And yeah. there it is on the Switch.
2: All right. I, I've been secretly researching while you're talking.
1: Okay. And the
2: Joy Cons, they should technically be a lot better than the Wiimote ever was. Okay. See, the Wiimote had a six axis uh, accelerometer built into it, a uh, three axis accelerometer. Whereas the Joy-Cons have a six-axis one built into them,
1: right? Okay,
2: so they should be a lot more sensitive to varying movements. Which direction?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's one to keep an eye out for, and we will certainly, uh, you know, chase the story as it develops.
1: Before we move on, have any of you played the game?
0: Not in its entirety. Um, I, I played a, a bit of the game at the time, like when it was, you know, um, modern, and uh, I just couldn't get into it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like the motion stuff, and I had trouble with like the story and like the pacing of it as well. You know, it, it, that and um, Twilight Princess both suffered from the same issue for me, where it's yeah. just like there's so much like preamble before it lets you play, and I was, I just lost interest in it very quickly.
1: I found Twilight Princess a bit repetitive as well, but and too brown. I was honestly just it's too just brown. too brown, was it? Just, yeah. Definitely too brown.
2: <laughs> so Sky, Skyward Sword is the uh, the game that made me get up off my ass, run out, and buy a Wii U. Really? Yeah. So I, I've completed it
1: numerous times. Wait, you had U it then? on the Wii U then, not the Wii. Uh, the Wii, Wii sorry. Did I say Wii U? Oh. Yeah,
2: yeah. you said Wii U. Yeah,
1: the, the Wii.
0: So you didn't get a Wii until like the end of the life cycle?
2: No, I didn't. I, I wasn't wow. that into any of the games that were out at the time, um, or I wasn't keeping up with them. Did you have like
1: Twilight Princess on the GameCube and stuff?
2: Um, my friend had it on the GameCube, so okay. we, we played it on that. And it was a bit weird seeing it reversed on the Wii, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love Skyward Sword. I think it's a really good game. But I think the, the kind of intro section of that and Twilight Princess is a bit dull. But once you get past it, it is a really enjoyable game. I enjoyed it anyway.
1: I'd, I'd love to see it ported. The one I really want ported is Wind That's just had a port. I know, but I'd be fine with the Wii U port just porting over again. No one played it. No one played anything on the Wii U. They're porting everything yeah. else. Like, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is coming over. I'd rather have
0: Maker than that, honestly.
2: You Me know? too.
1: Me too. Yeah. And Mario Maker. I want Mario Maker and I want Winmaker. And they, want, if they bring those two over from the Wii U, I'll be a happy go.
2: I want a Zelda Maker. I don't want Mario Maker. I want and, Zelda, and Zelda Maker.
1: Yeah, I and want Pikmin. that too. Pikmin. Pikmin 3. Just bring that over.
2: Pikmin Trilogy. <laughs> That's what I want. And Pikmin 4. <laughs> oh, all on God, one I card. I
0: love a Pikmin collection. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would pay $120 for that. <laughs> 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 Uh, so we also got the news that Firewatch is coming to Nintendo Switch on December seventeenth. Uh, so for those who don't know, Firewatch was like critically very successful um, little kind of like walking simulator, you know, story driven game by uh, it's Campo Santos is the name of the developer, I believe, right? Yeah,
2: that's all right. It was that debut game.
0: bunch of bunch of former Telltale devs who went off to do their own thing and then pretty recently got purchased by uh, by Valve mm-hmm. and, and you know became part of. Uh, <laughs> The, that megalith so um pixel i know you were like a huge fan of this game right
2: yeah i loved firewatch it's it uh, calling it a walking simulator is discrediting a bit but it kind of is a walking simulator
0: <laughs> i don't mean that it's like a dirty word yeah no, i know like. is it's, that
1: genre like what remains of edith finch and things like that it's yeah of it, that same ilk first
0: walk person around, perspective solve a mystery kind of thing yeah
1: and gone home as well i'd probably put sure. in the same genre
2: but yeah, it's a, it's a if you haven't heard of it before, you play as a kind of a fire lookout in a national park in, I think it's Wyoming? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not quite sure. And it's your first day, and I won't ruin the backstory, but you're trying to get away from stuff at home. And you go there, and you're on your own in this fire lookout in the massive wilderness. And um, your only contact with other people is a little walkie-talkie you've got, and you can talk to your supervisor called Delilah on the walkie-talkie. And it's kind of a, you get multiple dialogue options when you do talk to her. And what you choose will actually affect the way she acts towards you throughout the game in the future. Your only relationship in the game is with a walkie-talkie, essentially. And um, you you go around doing your usual duties as a fire lookout, making sure the park's not going to burn down. Things like that, and then mysterious things kind of start happening. I'm not going to ruin it for other people, but I I think it's definitely worth experiencing.
1: Have you played the game multiple times then in order to experience the way Delilah reacts? Is that why you did that? Or it was just because you enjoyed the game and you wanted to go back to it?
2: Uh, My missus wanted to play for it, so I experienced the game twice that way.
1: Okay. And did you see differences when she played it from what you selected?
2: Yeah. So I, I wasn't that kind towards Delilah or sympathetic towards her. Whereas my other half was, so I got to see kind of both extremes, I guess. Okay. But there's there's always a little individual things to do and easter eggs to find throughout the national park as well. So you, you can you can replay it.
1: There's like those boxes you can open and things, aren't there, around the place? That I always I like going around and random finding and things like that. It's a really cool world, and the in the settings you can turn off the like um, marker point on the map of where you actually are, so you have to navigate by using like looking around and saying, "Oh, there's that." landmark and look at yeah, on you know. the map and use the actual compass and things like that and actually navigate as if you were in the real world, which is a really cool way of playing.
0: I love it, stuff like that.
2: You can also get a pet. I'm not gonna say how but or what it is, but if you look hard enough you'll be able to get a pet.
1: Oh, I've no I've not done that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find out when it comes to the switch. hmm
0: Yeah, I I missed this game when it came to uh to PC originally, so maybe maybe this is my chance to double back here. Uh something that that was interesting though is that the game is actually being published by Panic who is the same uh, people doing Untitled Goose Game, instead of Valve.
1: Yeah, it's it was originally published by them on PC, Mac, PS4, and Xbox. So I'd imagine they've got the exclusive rights in order to keep publishing uh, it.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, I guess from it, their next game on, it'll probably be all Valve.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. And I hope that doesn't mean that we're not going to see console ports from Valve. I hope they will continue to bring those rather than just publishing through Steam. Because it would be disappointing to me not to be able to play these games on console. Because they they fit really well and the control schemes are great. Like you use the triggers in order to interact with things and objects in the world. And it felt like a really natural control scheme.
2: From what I remember, I think they're now focusing on VR games for for Valve.
0: Well, they do still have that other game that they're working on. I forget what it's called. It's like In the Shadow of the Gods or something like that. It's about like two female archaeologists. I know they still have that game in development. And that's going to be their first Valve game.
1: Yeah, that's um that is like set in Egypt, isn't it? And you're there they're like, yeah. exploring and things like that in the Valley of the Gods, that's code. Cool.
0: mm Mhm. So uh yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out for
1: December uh, 17th.
0: Yeah, December 17th. So Yeah. Just in if you time your, for Christmas. your boat on firewatch, check it out. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. Uh <laughs> so also coming in Nintendo Switch is uh the Assassin's Creed compilation. It was uh listed by some European retailers, no like official word on it yet but it seems imminent
2: as a a nudge nudge wink wink they've since changed the title
0: (laughs) but yeah i think i think we're all it's usually when this sort of thing happens it's pretty pretty damn clear that this is happening so um this now this was the like the Ezio trilogy right like assassin's creed 2 brotherhood and
2: so that's uh, that's what i first thought when i looked at it because um There there wasn't any information, there's no description, it was just listed as Assassin's Creed compilation. So I thought, okay, you know, thinking of what could realistically run on Switch when it wasn't originally optimized for Switch, it's probably going to be the Ezio Collection or Ezio Collection, however it's pronounced. But someone on Twitter turned around to me and said, if you check the site that's actually listed for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as well, and they've already had that.
0: Wow. Huh. So I wonder, maybe it's like 1, 2, and 3 or something?
1: Oh, I'd like to get Black Flag in there, if possible.
0: Oof, yeah, that would be great. I would love Black Flag on the Switch. That game was a lot of fun. See,
2: it's, I don't know why it could be, because it can't be the later games. Unless it's just it's a pure mistake and it's not real. You know, yeah. It is only a retailer listing that was done by accident. But they have since altered it instead of deleting it.
1: It's on two retailers, and, and uh, presumably it's coming from the same supplier, so that might be why it's it's on both of the retailers. But the fact that it's on two kind of makes it seem like it's more likely than not.
2: Yeah, and it had an EAN code for it, and it was both the same, so unless they've just made up an EAN code and used it across two sites.
0: Yeah, it's like, come on, like, that seems, th- there's got to be something going on here. It's just going to be interesting to see, like, what shape it really takes. Because, like, to your point, I think it, it's got to be a Gen 7 game. Like, it's got to be Assassin's Creed 1, 2, or 3, the stuff from the Ezio trilogy, or whatever that last game that they put out was, like, after the new ones had already come out. There's, like, that last one on the 360 PS3 era that was, like, a simultaneous release. I don't remember what it was, but... Oh, and Black Flag, obviously, are Mm -hmm. the ones that I would think are, like, on the, you know, on the docket.
1: Did that Vita game ever see a port to other consoles?
0: It did, yeah. The okay. veto—I uh, don't remember what, it, what that one's called, but it—it it ended up coming to PlayStation Four and Xbox later, I think.
1: Well, I mean, they could probably chuck that one in there. That's easily going to run. Sure. The
2: thing is, as seen as it's listed for PS Four and Xbox One. They've—it's either got to be like a collection that's sold for a lower price or remasters. Surely.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing you can—the two you can discount are Origin and Odyssey. There's no way those are going to run on the. On the Switch. It's it's gonna Obviously be of old, the, the older games. Yeah, the, it is in Japan, <laughs> yeah. The cloud ed- maybe that's what this is, just the cloud edition. <laughs> yeah, you put the cart in and you connect to the server.
0: Stranger things have happened, I guess (laughs) So moving right along Out this week, uh, we've got a couple games Coming to Nintendo Switch that we thought were worth uh, Bringing to your attention On Thursday December 6th, we've got Carcassonne, which Steve is planning On reviewing for LootPots.com It's the first of many Asmodee Digital games coming to Switch So Mm -hmm. if uh, you want to check it out and hear Steve's thoughts, remember to keep it tuned to LootPots.com, and I'm sure you'll have thoughts about it You know, when the game's out and, and we can talk about it
1: yeah, it's one of my favorite board games, so I'm looking forward to, to getting to this one. The next one I'm really excited that they're bringing into Switch is Catan. And then I've always wanted to try Munchkin, so I'm interested to see what they're going to be doing with that.
0: Munchkin's a really fun game. I've never played Carcassonne, so I, I might give this one a shot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for Catan as well.
1: It's a really relaxing really relaxing game. I've got it on my iPhone, and it's nice to just play in bed with like, some... It's got some chill music and you can just pick out the pieces and play against people. There's quite a lot of strategy involved once you get to know it. Nice. Uh, so then we
0: also got the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis Classics, uh, which has a collection of over fifty classics from Sega. It's going to be coming out on the seventh uh, in in the states, but if you guys are from our European listenership, uh, it'll be out on Thursday for you. I mean, I guess Steve can enjoy that one.
1: Yeah, Steve um, loves his Sega. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna be better than it's gonna be better getting that. I think than buying all of the individual Sega games that they're putting out for four ninety nine a pop, like. um, fantasy star and sonic i can get my collection in one space
0: there you go uh so then on (laughs) december 7th we've got come on Uh, there's
2: nothing coming out on the 7th right nothing
0: there's no room for sarcasm here super smash brothers ultimate is coming out on friday december 7th boys and it's gonna be sweet (laughs) i can't wait getting it getting it day one we all get a day one right Getting a
1: day one What? Are you
0: you kidding me, Steve?
1: I've been told I'm not allowed because Father Christmas is bringing it for me. Oh, my God. I (laughs) know. This motherfucker. (laughs) So you guys are just going to have to, like, feed me the Smash Brothers for, like, the next couple of weeks, just, like... Tell me how crap it is until Christmas because I really just like you know. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, it's brown, everything's brown, too much brown. You wouldn't like it. It's brown. Like, I,
0: I guess I guess we gotta bring in like a, a guest host or something this week so we have somebody who can actually talk about the biggest game. I know, right? Just get me going,
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh huh. Just get just like a soundboard, just replace me.
2: I, I can't believe you have to wait
1: to play it. I know.
0: <laughs> Tell Father Christmas to get his shit together and show up early. <laughs> It's heartbreaking. Like, listen, you can throw out every other one of my Christmas
1: gifts if you give me this one early. <laughs> 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 and I want the Piranha Plant Amiibo. Oh, yes. Are you, are you, do you know if you're getting that? It's not out till January, is it? Oh, I no. don't know. The only yeah, I way out. I think you can get it is with this Japanese collection that they're bringing out um, with all of the Amiibo in. It looked like it was in that box set. Have you guys seen that? The mm, collection of yeah, all of yeah. the amiibo that come that you can use in Smash that comes. I wonder with how it. that
0: works because I don't think they have those e- made yet. So maybe they have like prototypes or something or or whatever. I don't know. That's interesting though. I wonder if they like will send you the rest of the amiibo
2: later. It's strange. Very you just strange. get the pot and a seed, and then you have to wait a
1: <laughs> month. <laughs> just water it with a tiny little a little <laughs> watering can.
0: Mm-hmm. Make sure you sing to it. So also out that day is a game I'm really like deeply excited for, but I know is going to get lost in the shuffle, which is Catamar. That is a brilliant and unintended pun. Catamari uh, <laughs> Demasi Reroll <coughs> is coming out. Digital only in Europe, physical versions in North America and Asia. It's the uh, first time the game has ever actually officially been available in Europe. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll be getting this one day one. Don't worry, I'll be getting this one day one. <laughs> I'll have something to play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I'm I'm uh, really
2: I'm, good we don't have the physical version in Europe. I really prefer buying physical.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like especially since like it's never been there before. And mm-hmm. I
1: don't think there's gonna be a price difference either. I think it's gonna be a full price game from what I can tell.
0: So I'm excited for this. I love Katamari. I'm excited to play it again and I am really excited to hear what uh you fine gentlemen think of it.
1: I've never played a Katamari game. I'm really looking forward to it
0: how could you they were never in europe before
1: the original wasn't we have had them since the ps3 okay. Okay. we had some of the the follow-ups but not the original katamari damasi
0: the original is a fide classic so
1: and it's not brown so it's all good it's very very colorful. i don't know
0: that there's anything that's brown in it at all actually
1: yeah it looks really interesting i'm looking forward to it. the main character's
2: green so on your scale top notch there
0: you go <laughs> All right, so to close out the show this week, we've got a topic all around the Game Awards. They are going to be live this Thursday. Uh, well, that's actually
1: they're going to be live today. The day this podcast comes the out, they are live. live. Yeah, today. So, turn the podcast off and go to YouTube and see if they're <laughs> see if they're on right now because you might be able to like listen to us our predictions as we talk about the, the game awards they might, we might don't be turn the them. podcast
0: off listen to the end of it and then go watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah the game awards. uh so it's it's live on thursday like we said uh you know mr jeff keely is going to be there with uh a ton of high profile game developers and the russo brothers for some reason not complaining just confused uh <laughs>
1: There's some weird choices for the guest hosts, but it might make sense. Like, you know, the directors of the Avengers, maybe there's going to be an Avengers game. Who who knows?
0: Maybe, you know, they teased that image like two years ago and then have not mentioned that game since then. So maybe we can get a trailer for it. That would be pretty cool. But I I wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about what we think we might see from Nintendo. Because I think there's been a lot of buzz online about, you know, uh, possible reveals you know we talked about skyward sword right Mm -hmm. obviously which totally possible but i think a lot of people are hoping we might see metroid prime 4 you know maybe we might see some more bayonetta which we saw last year at the game awards um we might see some animal crossing some luigi's mansion like what what are what is of those are are the one that you'd be most excited to see
2: for me it'd be pikmin but you didn't put it in there so (laughs)
1: Do you think Pikmin's likely that the one I think is most likely is Metroid Prime for me?
2: Uh, well, Reggie his little Metroid
1: T-shirt. Yeah, I saw that the you other know, week. Yeah, hanging out with with Jeff Keeley with his Metroid. And we've t-shirt. we've heard
2: nothing about the game for what two years now?
1: It was E three two thousand and seventeen. Year and a year and a half. What was it? It was E three that they announced it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was their E three showcase, like the first year the Switch was on the market, and. We have not seen hide nor hair of it since then. Like It's like, yeah, no, it's like it's in development, it's well along, but like we haven't seen
2: shit. So I'll let you in on one little secret. I don't know what's being shown at the Game Awards yet, but I know one of the world premieres is a Nintendo game. Ooh. Is it a first party
1: Nintendo game or a game coming to Nintendo Switch? I,
2: I didn't ask, that's all I
1: know. Okay, so it could be, like, could be something like another game from Platinum Games or something, like it was last year with Bayonetta.
2: If I were a betting man, I'd say it's Metroid mm-hmm. or Animal Crossing.
0: It could be Animal Crossing. I think. I think for me, it's one of those two. The reveal of Luigi's Mansion was recent enough that I don't feel like we need to see more of it, especially because I don't think it's coming out right. Like I don't think it's imminent. Whereas I do feel like Animal Crossing is imminent.
1: I think Luigi's Mansion's coming around the same time as Animal Crossing, if not. You think it's Q one? Q one or early Q two. I'm going to go say, for like October, you know, Halloween that's game. That's what I think. We actually saw gameplay of Luigi's Mansion. We didn't see any gameplay of Animal Crossing. Maybe that's because they want
2: it to be a world premiere somewhere.
1: It could be, but uh, for me, it's just like if you've seen some actual gameplay of Luigi's Mansion 3, it's it's in progress probably more than Animal Crossing. Unless, like you said, they just wanted to focus on isabel coming to smash brothers and then worry about animal crossing later and just didn't want to piss off everyone by putting isabel in in smash brothers and upsetting animal crossing fans
0: yeah i I don't know because like i think it's it's tough because nintendo is not super consistent with this some games you learn a lot about them before they come out some you don't really at all you think about how long breath of the wild was in development as a wii u game Mm-hmm. And we saw or heard almost nothing about it. Like, we knew it was coming. And, oh, it's oh, yeah, next year, next year, next year, we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's got that really cool tablet functionality where you can manage the inventory. <laughs> and that really, really was great when it came out.
0: And, you know, so I, I feel like with that in mind, like, Metroid Prime seems the most likely candidate because we haven't heard anything about it. And, like, that would get a pop. Animal Crossing would be the same thing, though. We haven't really seen or know anything other than that it exists and that it's in development. And, like... Either of those having a big trailer, I think would really it would be one of the big announcements of the show
2: what yeah out of, out of the games that you've mentioned, considering you know the game awards we had Zelda there before, what game do you think would be the most fitting Nintendo game to be showcased at the game awards
0: i I want to say Metroid because I think Animal Crossing is a bigger franchise in terms of like sales and like general mind share. You know, I think there are more Animal Crossing fans than there are Metroid fans, but I think Metroid is like Metroid has like uh cultural cachet. You know? Like its iconography is like a very iconic and like it's one of those franchises that people think of as a big deal, even though it's never really sold very well. And I think the game awards are very like this is a celebration of video games and I think a a a trailer for like a first or third person a sci-fi action shooter is going to go over a lot better than, like, well, here's the next Animal Crossing game. You know? Like, there's a very specific crowd for Animal Crossing. Just
2: just running across the screen catching a butterfly. (laughs) 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 To some really awesome
1: music. 60 FPS! (laughs) How about this, then? So last year, it was Bayonetta 1 and 2 is coming to Switch, and then it was, and also, Bayonetta 3 is coming. What if it was Metroid Prime three trilogies coming to nintendo switch oh and here's a trailer for metroid prime 4 or the other way around like here's a trailer for metroid prime 4 isn't this awesome and by the way in a month's time you can buy metroid prime trilogy on the switch that
0: would work tell you what i'd be into that
1: (laughs) i've not played a single metroid prime game which i know you're gonna moan at me about (laughs) no no no, that one's okay so i'm looking forward to if they do bring it looking forward to playing it from from the original
0: I think that would make sense. I think the only reason I'm iffy about the idea of a Metroid Prime, like, trilogy remaster is because if that is coming, I think that Metroid is farther off than we think, because I don't think they're going to want to put that out within, like, closer than a year to the actual release of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bayonetta's been out, came out this year. We've had nothing more came about it. Yeah, in, like,
0: it. January or February, I think. It was, like, very early this year, mm-hmm. and then we don't even know when Bayonetta 3 is coming out, so...
1: But all we've seen so far of Metroid is a logo. It's really strange that they even unveiled that. And I know it was because it was the first year and they wanted to get consoles shifting and they didn't have anything else. But it just feels really weird that they would even unveil that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is. And, I, and I, I, I wonder why they took that path. Because, like, I think it being the first year of the Switch and everything, like, it made sense to want to, like, hype up the future of it. Like, yeah, like, here's the things that are coming, and, like, you know, here's the roadmap for you. And, like, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. But it is kind of weird that they were like, here's a logo, and then we haven't talked about it at all.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much time's gone by that they've definitely got something fairly substantial together, right?
1: Or is in development hell, like Diablo 4? It's
2: not in development hell. They've got a lot of people working on it, haven't they? you know they've got other studios working on it
1: who's developing it do we know it's not the original studio for metroid prime it's not
2: i, I think it's bandai have got some okay. teams on it as well i'm not 100 sure about that something i heard a while back or think i remember hearing anyway
0: listeners remember that one so that if it's proved right take that one to the bank <laughs> 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 otherwise just forget it was something we said in passing we weren't sure
2: yeah no i reckon it's metroid prime the only other thing is what have retro been working on yeah
0: man i ask myself that every day <laughs> like where the hell is retro if it's a
1: if it's a world premiere it could be something that's not even been announced then because we've we've heard about Metro prime 4 maybe they're just like that's not a world premiere it yeah. could be something completely new it could be a new franchise it could be <laughs> pikmin 4
0: could be retro's new game as like a new ip totally possible
2: I heard, wasn't there rumours, I think Eurogamer and some other people maybe, were pointing towards a a new Star
1: Fox game is what they were working on?
0: There was a, uh, the rumour that they were making like a Star Fox like racing game. I remember that, yeah.
1: Well, that'd be interesting.
0: Could be. Like a spiritual successor to like F-Zero.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's sort of just become part of Mario Kart now, hasn't it? F-Zero. With the F-Zero tracks and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's why I always thought that rumour was kind of weird. Like, do we really need a star fox racer like we have mario kart do we need another racing game
2: but it's it's weird enough to be true like it's not something you'd make up is it
0: no yeah i don't i mean i guess you could but yeah i i I agree like that was one of those rumors where i'm just like that seems so strange that it's probably real
2: (laughs) (laughs) how about as a as a completely alternative you mentioned skyward sword yeah a zelda remaster trilogy you got ocarina of time majora's
1: mask maybe you know skyward sword no i want wind waker if you're doing those two i want the next one i want wind waker well maybe it's wind waker then i could go for that if they bring wind waker i'll just be a happy guy did you think they'll
2: ever remake like ocarina of time in a full-scale 3d absolutely
0: absolutely absolutely they will are you kidding me
1: no i don't think so
0: they definitely will i don't i don't know that it'll be on switch but like they'll definitely do it eventually what do you I don't mean, like, Pokemon Let's man. Go?
1: Like, it took them 25 years.
0: Yeah, even if it takes that long, like, they'll definitely do it. Yeah, like, we will, we will one day get a, a true Ocarina of Time remake where it's in, like, 4K and all that shit. Like, it's got to happen. Nintendo re-releases games like it's their job.
2: It <laughs> pretty much is their job, isn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure they have, like, half the staff there working on ports. Like, oh,
0: think got about to. it. How, how easy would it be for them to develop a, a Zelda engine and then just be like, all right, let's just remake this game. Not to say that it wouldn't take time. I- if you just took the Breath of the Wild engine right now, and just were like, all right, well, we already have models for Gorons and Zoras, and whatever, like, okay, cool. We got to make, like, three more mobs, and we're good. You know, like, <laughs> how much of the stuff is just shit that's in other Zelda games, you know?
1: I'd much prefer them, though, to concentrate and do, like, a Majora's Mask style. Let's use the same engine and... Push out another game, and and presumably they're already doing that. And the ports would just be like you said earlier in the episode, pixel just a filler, Mm -hmm. which which I could live with. But I do want to see what the next actual Zelda game is going to be. We
2: know we know they're working on a new Zelda game because they had that listing for someone to design dungeons for a Zelda game. So you don't design a dungeon that already exists. (laughs) So they're definitely working on the next Zelda, and I'm pretty sure they're always working on the next Zelda and they're not going to drop the breath of the wild engine because they put so much time into building that
1: oh yeah i just don't want it to take as long as breath of the wild did and have it be the next console that it comes out
2: well you'd still get it on switch if anything <laughs> the, last the last game, game. <laughs> zelda wii u for switch
0: I-, I think unfortunately that might be what we see more likely than like a majora's mask style like oh it's a year later here's another one like i I think you might see that, where it is, like, one of the last games on Switch and one of the first games on the next thing.
2: It it happened with Twilight Princess. It happened with Zelda Wii U, which is Breath of the Wild now. Yep. It's probably
1: going to happen again. But, yeah, the Wii was the exception then. It got multiple Zelda games before it moved on to the next system.
0: It only got two, though. And it got one at launch, which was the holdover from the last generation, and then mm-hmm. they got it got one at the end of its life cycle,
1: okay, makes sense then it matches that pattern,
0: yeah, the thing is though those aren't on the same engine, and they had totally different art styles, and they had totally different gameplay styles so if they if they really do just double down on like we're gonna just make a breath of the wild two in the same way that they did like a Mario Galaxy two, then we might actually see it in the next year or two, which would be tight. I would be all in for that don't get me wrong
1: we've all everyone's given up on the idea of a virtual console as well which I, i'm a bit disappointed about which I, n- I know this is completely off topic but i do want you mentioned super mario galaxy i want those to come to the switch i just want everything on the switch it's just a bit upsetting that the only games we've got are nes games
0: one day man they'll start filling it in keep drinking yeah <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I think everybody has given up on virtual console because it's just it's a pipe dream at this point. Yeah. Though I suppose anything that has to do with Mario you could technically call a pipe dream. Cha cha cha. <laughs>
2: Terrible. <laughs> da,
0: da, 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 da. Bow! So that's going to wrap it up for this episode Of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us Here for episode 9 uh, Remember if you want to write in and have your thoughts Read on the air like Jonathan Zaid and Parker did You can hit us up at Potscast At Loupots.com That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T At Loupots.com Visit us at Loupots.com Or follow at Loupots on Twitter And uh, hit us with your, your hottest takes and uh, by next episode, Smash Bros. will be out. So that'll be on our minds. So if you guys pick up the game on day one and you have thoughts that you'd like uh, or questions for us or any of that kind of stuff, make sure you're right in. And uh, we'll see you for our Super Smash Brothers special next time here on the podcast.